Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cardboard Herald, my chance to talk with creative gamers and game creators, and once again, continuing a conversation that we had, well, just minutes ago for us here, but actually a matter of at least a couple of weeks in the real-time publication world, I have returning Jamie Stegmeier. Welcome back to the show, man. Hey! Yep, you're here. here. It's yeah, like you I'm never here. left. <laughs> <laughs> so you got plans and ploys, man. And I'm not just talking about the schemes that you have over at Stonemaier. Yeah. You have a new tapestry expansion. What is this thing? Is this like a monumental change to the game? Is this just more stuff? What is this? It is mostly a more stuff expansion. Um, within that stuff, there are some new angles that we take that we look at the game. But it's mostly uh, 10 new civilizations, more tapestry cards, uh, a new one new type of card called landmark cards that we can talk about. So there's a, a few landmark cards that weren't in the original um, and more uh, landmark miniatures. So mostly just more stuff, very, very easy to onboard and to bring into any game of Tapestry. So this is uh, the same artist here. Andrew Bosley is doing the art again for this. And then Rom yeah. is doing the miniatures again, the little statues of the buildings. And is That's it right. the same designer? This is Jamie Stegmeier original? This is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll design all tapestry expansions if we do more in the future, but for this one, I am the designer. Yeah. Excellent. All right. That's exciting. Like, was that something that from the get-go you knew you had some ideas for an expansion or was it something that you had like had to let the original game settle a little bit in order to get some inspiration there? Like, tell me about the development of this thing. Yeah, I always have to let it settle a little bit. And sometimes like with Euphoria, it settles and then I just don't have any other ideas for it. With Tapestry, it settled for a few months and then I started to think of new civilizations and new tapestry cards and new little things. And especially after people started act actively playing the game and they would throw out little ideas or little, you know, I wish it did this or I really like this. I want to see more of this. Um, that gave me some ideas for a bunch of new tapestry cards and civilizations. Was any of this like cutting room floor stuff from the design of the original? Like I, I'm not accusing you of like yeah. withholding content, but you know, one of my favorite, yeah. uh, well, I guess people and inspirational figures of all time is, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, who was notorious about, never really letting any ideas go like he would write something and then go well this doesn't really work here and he would come back to that revisit it later and then re-implement it in one way or another and i gotta imagine that throughout the development of the original you at least had some germs of ideas that you tried to make work and they didn't necessarily take to fruition are any of these those kind of my design process for tapestry was largely to design a bunch of stuff and then cut it, cut back, cut back. <laughs> um, and so when I designed it, which, and there's a lot of stuff in tapestry, but there, there really was even more. I think there were at one point almost 30 civilizations. And I, if they weren't working, I had so many rather than trying to tweak every little one and force it, making it, make it work. I would just cut it, I'd, you know, throw it aside, but I'd keep the file. Same for the tapestry cards. So my starting point for the expansion was to look at those ideas and see was there anything there, anything that's, that's worth revisiting? But I think very few of them actually had an impact on the actual civilizations that ended up here, uh, just because a lot of them were cut for a reason. Um, but uh, so I would say more of these are focused on things that people asked for, that people wanted. Uh, 
in, in all the feedback they gave me after they after, after they played the final version. And boy, were they willing to give you feedback. It wasn't just <laughs> reviewers. This was a very polarizing game. And I think for a lot of people, uh, there were immediately some concerns about balance. And I think that comes up in any game with asymmetry. Uh, but it, it was particularly vocal here. And I, I think some of that may be that you had... Uh, so many asymmetric elements. And if I recall, you may have even acknowledged that pre-release that there was going to be a little bit of wonkiness in relation to balance because there were so many elements. Like, how much of this expansion is a reaction to not just what people who loved the game wanted to see more of, but also some of the criticisms of the game? I think you said it You said it exactly right there. I... I, I printed the rule book for tapestry with a little part on the last page that says, um, we, we consider this kind of a living game. Um, I am guessing that when thousands of people play it, that we will find some things that we missed when we play tested it hundreds of times. And so report, uh, if you don't mind, report your winning score and the winning uh, civilization on this form on our website. We still collect data there today. Um, so that if we ever need to balance it, we have that information there. And, uh, I knew putting that in the rule book that, that I was leaving myself open to criticism, that it wasn't balanced. And I think there's some, some of that is valid and some of it I, I don't think is a, as valid. I think the, the part that I don't think is valid is that we didn't play test it enough because hundreds of play tests I think are enough. Um, I think the key thing we didn't do right was analyze the data as well as we possibly could because most of it was me collecting all this data from blind play testers and me analyzing it and I am not a professional data analyst. I do this, I design games for a living, I develop games for a living, so I should be pretty good at that, but I'm not the best at it. And so one of the guys that emerged, one person that emerged from all this feedback was a person named Jeremy, who uh, took a lot of the tapestry data on his own and posted a, a, a post on BoardGameGeek, analyzing all the data and kind of poking holes in it, showing things that we had missed in a very constructive way. I really like the way that he presented it. and. I realized how good this guy was, and I basically brought him in for Tapestry and Pendulum, which we just talked about a few minutes ago in, in our time, uh, to look at all that playtest data. And he does that for all of our games now. He, look, he does a deep dive into the playtest data, data and analyzes it so that we can make sure it's as balanced as possible. So while we do have some, and he also helped with uh, the, the small adjustments that we made to a few of the civilizations, which are noted on the back page of, of the rulebook in the expansion. So J Jeremy is the big difference now that I think will help with Tapestry moving forward and with all of our games moving forward. You know, I, I think that even though you're you're having someone come in and look at this independently, uh, you know, you have a professional taking account of all the feedback you're still doing, blind play testing and everything, just by having the acknowledgement on the back of the rule sheet in the expansion still where it says, hey, it's a living yeah. game, please let us know about things. People are still going to accuse you of, hey, don't put play testing on us. We're not your play testers, we're your consumers. Like, what do you say to that reaction when people have that? I think any any gamer is right to hope from an asymmetric game when they buy an asymmetric game that it will be as balanced as possible. Um, I, I certainly think that's the designer's responsibility and the publisher's responsibility. So I really don't blame anyone for, for thinking that. I will say honestly that I don't look at gamers as playtesters. I look at our playtesters as the playtesters. Uh, 
And I, I really, I, I, yeah, I look back at Terra Mystica a little bit. Terra Mystica is one of my favorite games. And I know that they didn't collect that data early on, uh, that, that they found a way to collect that data later and, and, and balance some of the factions, which they needed to do. But they didn't do it from the start. And I wish they had. They could have acted a little bit faster in, mm-hmm. in tweaking some of those factions. So I would rather a company do that. I would rather a company say, hey, we, we tried our best. We, did, we think we did really well with this but we still want your data just in case. I'd rather a company say that than not say it. And if anyone wants to dismiss that, that's totally their right. But I, I would personally rather have a company ask for that data. Terra Mystica is one of the most beloved games of all time, in spite of those yeah. balance problems that were later handled by Errata. And Tapestry, again, is loved by a lot of people, and it's also completely written off by a lot of people. Do you think that that yeah. is solely... Uh, a difference of the game or do you think that that's part of just being the giant that Stonemaier games is? That's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, I would like to think that, I mean, people might perceive us as a giant. I think, I mean, you know, I mean, people, people who follow the company know that it's just me running the company. We do have one other full-time person that, that I hired for the first time in January. We were actually pretty small. Um, that's not to make any excuses at all, but uh, I don't know. We're we're yeah. we're doing our best to bring joy to, to tabletops worldwide, and and I I hope people hold us to a high standard by all means, um, but I also hope people don't hold it against us that we've had some success in the past as well. Yeah, I just find it really interesting that every time that I've interacted with you, you've been one of the most accessible, affable people who is very gracious and uh, very willing to take feedback. I see in the community when you post anything in relation to any of your games on the BTG forums, uh, you're you're willing to take that criticism. You're willing to be approachable um, and... Still, nonetheless, uh, it, it feels uh, like some people want you to be an ogre. They, they want <laughs> you to be this uh, real horrifying uh, character, like some sort of mythic version of Steve Jobs or something that as soon as he walks outside of the camera is just yelling at everyone, just destroying <laughs> everything and is cynically trying to destroy retail brick and mortar stores. Like they want you to be that. Does that like, is that something that, you just shrug off? Is it something that you have to laugh at? Has your relationship to that image that some people hold of you, has that evolved over time? I I am just as human as anyone else. So it, it does, it certainly does impact me. Um, because I, I think like many people, maybe I, I am the hardest on myself in terms of the mistakes that I make and, uh, big and small, big and small mistakes. Uh, and so, when when I'm called out on social media or or uh, for certain things um, that that aren't true, that's really hard for me to to see because I know there is a lot of truth out there of mistakes that I actually have made and bad not bad things but um, things that I certainly would take back if I could that have a ton of truth to them. If people want to focus on those things, I'd rather they focus on those things than things that are just made up, that are false, that 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 I 
purposely printed too few copies of Wingspan to screw over <laughs> retailers around the world. It just doesn't make any sense. Like I'd, I, I, I wish I had known so I could have made more copies of Wingspan. Things like that do do hurt. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah I'm 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 as human as anybody else, Jack. Yep yep. Okay, well, with this expansion, you know, you have new civilizations, and then you also have some new content in here. Like, you're you're modifying the game in a small way. Tell me about this new deck of cards. Yeah, it's really, it's just five cards. Um, it's, it's a little concept that we put in the game of these landmark cards. And so basically what they are is, at the beginning of the game, each player gets one of these cards. There's a little draft, and each player gets one of these cards that gives them a short-term goal to focus on. The one that I just held up was the urban farm. At the end of your turn, if you have at least six territory tiles in your supply, you gain this landmark. Um, so it basically gives each player a landmark from the start of the game that they're guaranteed to get. Because uh, I think part of the fun in Tapestry is getting these landmarks and putting them in your capital city. And sometimes, especially in larger group player games, four or five players, a bunch of people might move forward on the tracks and gather those landmarks, and you might miss out on them. And so this gives you a guaranteed way to do that, and it gives you something to focus on in the short term when maybe you need something to focus on early in the game. Sure, sure. And then you have the new civilizations. Like, are any of these great departures from what we've come to expect from the original game, or will they kind of feel at home with it? You know, we brought up Terra Mystica earlier, and I, I find that a lot of asymmetric games will start out with kind of like you know fairly run-of-the-mill asymmetric powers and then they leave expansions to be the buck wild like way different things i mean even in your own games you have that with scythe at the very end there and even with invaders from afar i think the the two uh expansion factions that came out of that had a a different flavor from the original five yeah, this is actually something that I learned from Morton, who does the, the Automa work that we've talked about, uh, the solo game versions of our games. When I originally shared with him what I was hope, what the factions that I was designing for Invaders from Afar, he said, you know, Jamie, these look interesting, but they, they're they not really all that different from the original factions. You got to do something to make them feel special. And uh, that was that was that was ended up being my goal. And so I kind of did do that with with uh, plans and ploys. Uh, part of it was a little bit more of a focus on player interaction. And part of it was just I, I wanted them to feel distinctly different from the the original civilizations while still being able to just be shuffled in. Like they still feel part of the cohesive whole. Um, and a few of them are direct responses to what people said. So one of the main criticisms that I heard about the game was that you put these landmarks in your capital city and then you kind of forget about them. They don't really do anything, which is for a reason. I, we did playtest stuff like that and... I found that in Tapestry, because there's a lot going on, if you do have any ongoing abilities, it's pretty easy to forget them. But I designed a civilization called the Utilitarians, which is built entirely around that concept, where it has a bunch of the different uh, landmarks on here, and you get an ongoing ability with these landmarks. So part of the way that I built this is that, uh, yeah, you can randomize these civilizations as normal, but if that's something that you were really missing from the base game, you can just choose this civilization and play with it if that's what you want out of the game. So it's kind of trying to cater to um, criticisms and the and kind of subsets of tapestry players that I learned about after people after thousands of people started playing it. 
Yeah, one of the other criticisms that I recall from the original release of Tapestry, which I, I think is totally valid, is that the tapestries themselves, as they relate to civilizations, you know, sometimes you'll just draw a tapestry and it'll be absolute garbage in relation to your civilization. And sometimes right. it's like, oh my God, this is going to have so much synergy. It's going to work awesome. And yeah. I, I feel like, if I recall correctly, at one point during the design, you did have people drawing two and discarding one or something like that, and you ended up dropping that. Uh, is that something that may be on the table for the future? Is that something you considered making a, an amendment to the rules in this expansion? Like, how do you feel about the the relationship between civilizations and tapestries now in hindsight? That's one thing that hasn't changed all that much. I, I definitely hear that criticism. Um, but my my approach for for the tapestry cards has been to give players a, a lot of tapestry cards, knowing that at certain times, under certain circumstances, some of them are going to be more or less valuable than others. Um, I my core, like one of my game design philosophies has been to avoid that, to avoid the draw to pick one system, even though it does add more agency to the game. Um, I it, kind of like in Viticulture too, I, the choice in tapestry is not uh, which card to draw, but it's which of the several different cards that I have, which one am I going to play and when am I going to play it? However, I have heard that criticism a fair amount and that's a house rule that I'm totally open to. If someone has more fun playing tapestry and it doesn't slow down the game for the other players, as I would be worried about if you're drawing to, um, then by all means, go ahead and do it. And I think there's even a civilization that's built around that concept too now where you get to draw, whenever you draw a tapestry card, you draw two instead. I can't remember which one it ended up on, but we definitely play tested one like that. Well, if it's a house rule that you're open to, is there a resistance to codifying that in some way as a variant in the rule book? Because I know there will be mm -hmm. people who will say vehemently, I will never house rule a game. Like I will never mm -hmm. play with any sort of house rules. But if it were a variant, they would be like, oh, okay, I'll play with this variant. And I, I don't know why there's this perspective shift. And, you know, it may call into question all kinds of other balanced things. Again, you're the person who designed and developed the game. So maybe it would just throw everything else out of whack. It's not something that I've done in my own reviewing and playing the game since review. But, you know, when you're saying, oh, I'd be open to people using that as a house rule and it may not be the game as designed, but, you know, I could see why they would want to do that. Why not codify it as a variant? Well, I should, and that's a great question. I should clarify the statement there a little bit because that answer that I just gave you for house rules is the same answer that I would say for any house rule, regardless of how good of a rule that I think it actually is. So I, I actually do stand by the current system in tapestry for card draws. I understand why some people might be frustrated by it, but it's really it's the same as in Viticulture. Um, the decision point is is a little different than what they're looking for, but it is the decision point that I think is best for the game. But for any house rule, my, my global answer is, if you have more fun playing with this house rule, even though I don't think it fits into the game totally. uh, to the point of a variant, usually it's just, my answer is, if you have fun with it, play the game, like the game is meant to be fun. So if you, if you do a small tweak to make it more fun for you, I fully support that. Does it feel different when you release a game that's one that you designed yourself versus one that's someone else's? I mean, you had Wingspan and Tapestry come out 
same year and the reactions were very different and obviously um you know elizabeth hargrave deserves a huge accolades for the achievement that wingspan is and so does stonemeyer games because you were part of that whole story you are the publisher of that game but is there any sensitivity on your part for being like oh, i i want the game that i designed to be the one that gets the <laughs> massive accolades I, I have thought about that introspectively just to see if there's anything there that i need to like overcome because i i don't ever want to give one of my games a bigger spotlight than a game than any other game that we're publishing because we publish so few games pendulum is like it is literally the only game that we we're publishing in 2020 um so i want to give every game that we that we publish the same spotlight the same uh attention that it deserves uh but i i am it's almost the other way i am elated that the, that wingspan has done what it has for for elizabeth um it i it's it's i think it has changed her life in certain ways uh, and and i love that i love that it has has hopefully had a very positive impact on her and i hope the same from travis travis has designed a lot of games but he hasn't been published yet uh, for for pendulum and so i want that that same thing for patrick i want uh, travis I, I want him to to uh to have that that acclaim if that's what he wants um or whatever he wants to, to get out of this game i i i want to share that with him that feels way better for me than having one of my games achieve, uh, receive an award, especially the awards. I, I don't really, I don't care about the awards, but knowing that like when, when Wingspan won the Kennerspiel for Elizabeth, that meant the world to me. That was, that was awesome. Well, it's a great way of giving a platform to designers who you think are particularly talented that may not have had the spotlight up until this point. And, you know, that's something that you seem very keen and interested on doing. And, and you know, it's part of the whole aesthetic of Stonemaier Games that you reach out to community members rather than um, necessarily uh, fully established people who are already involved in the, the hobby. Do you feel like a, a certain responsibility to find people who don't otherwise have a, a spotlight? I think it does tie into my desire to include more people in the hobby and to, and to uplift people who may be overlooked. Um, it, yeah, it, it, it feels like even I guess this makes it about me a little bit, but it feels better to me to uh, to introduce a Travis or an Elizabeth or a Ryan who did the Rise of Fenris or or Kai or Hobie. Um, it feels really good to introduce a first time creator to the world and say, hey, this person that you've never heard of, they created something awesome and I want to share it with you. That feels really special to me. I'm sure it would still feel the same if I got to work with uh, Rob Davio. Uh, it would still feel good to work with Rob and good to share whatever Rob had spent because Rob has spends just as much time and energy as Elizabeth did on wingspan on his games. Um, his time and energy is important too, but a lot of people already know who Rob is. Uh, and so it, it does have a little bit of a different feeling there when I'm introducing someone new. Um, and I have even recently with, uh, with our efforts to, to actively involve more, uh, black indigenous and people of color, in the hobby, whether they're reviewers or game designers or Kickstarter creators or um, however they, they are trying to be involved in the hobby. Uh, we Our efforts have been much more active than in the past. It's been more passive. Like you come to us and sure, we'll welcome you. We'll send you review copies. But now I'm actively reaching out to them and saying, I want to bring you in. I want to lift you up. I, I, if, you, if you are lacking a resource, I want to provide it. 
that has, again, it's coming back at me, but that has felt really good. It's felt really right to do that. Um, and so I'd like to continue down that path in the future as well. Well, I'm excited yeah. for that path. And I think the the next step that we're going to see, at least from the publication side, is going to be this new expansion for Tapestry. So if we could leave this yeah. on like one thing about the game itself, like what is the the most exciting element to you as the the gamer Jamie Stegmeier you know what is yeah. the either the civilization or the card or the element in this expansion that you're like oh this is so freaking cool well the one thing that like I love the new civilizations the landmarks I I love the landmark miniatures but the one thing that I haven't mentioned that I am really excited about because I love in games when I get to feel a little mischievous and this game has that there are some new types of trap cards that aren't just like in tapestry there's seven right, identical right. trap cards they're all exactly the same you try to attack me and i reveal a trap card you get to feel a little mischievous then but there are cards in here that like if you reveal a trap card there's a few cards in here where i get to reveal a counter card and say wait a minute you played a trap but i'm playing i'm i'm retreating you're not actually going to do anything to me i'm going to double cross you uh, and so I, I'm really excited about the the little memorable moments those might create in the in the game, and that those did create in playtesting. I'm, I'm excited to see what people think about that, and I'm excited to have those moments with people playing the expansion myself. Well, I'm excited to check it out, and as always, even though it's two interviews back to back for us <laughs> in real real time here in the magic of the internet, it's wonderful to have an opportunity <laughs> to have two separate occasions to talk to you, Jamie. So once again, thank you for yeah. coming on the show, and. I look forward to our next chance. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this video, we have all kinds of other reviews, interviews, and recommendations via writing, podcasts, and video here on our channel and website, CardboardHerald.com. Our content is audience-supported, so if you want to show your support, please visit our Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. This has been the Cardboard Herald.